Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we talk a little bit about Michael's hobby of creating pieces of art. Now, sometimes our role as pastors and Christians is really just to draw pictures of what God looks like for people. So we're calling this one the one with all the art. So why don't you just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, what's up this week? Oh, not much, Nate. How are you doing? I know what's up this week. What do you... You moved your daughter into college last oh, week. Oh, you think you know now, huh? Yeah. So tell me, how was that? Um, there were bouts of sadness, um, but mostly, uh, I tell you what, the emotion doesn't come from uh, her absence as much as it comes from how very proud we are of our Maggie Mo. Anyway. Wow, Maggie <laughs> should feel honored. Yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, we're like a minute into the podcast, and, and, <laughs> and she has just been exalted to the is. place of the beloved. She is. She's my favorite. I tell the boys, uh, I don't know why you couldn't move off. I really like her. <laughs> I mean, let her stay. But um, which I said that from the pulpit the other day, and I got some backlash. Uh, some parishioners offered to adopt my boys because they. They said, your yeah. boys are great. Why are you talking so mean about your boys, you know? but And uh, someday they'll be in therapy, <laughs> all because of these kinds of comments. Why can't you be more like Maggie? Uh, no, we, uh, uh, my boys are doing good. They're, uh, my youngest is sad. My oldest is so sad that he doesn't, he doesn't want to say goodbye to Maggie because he says, it's just, why would we want to put ourselves through that? We'll just pretend like she's away. At a cheer camp or something. So there you go. <laughs> well, eventually, you know, it's good to deal with reality. Maybe I don't know. Um, People say it. Yeah. Is. So, I don't know. so the, I only had to move one in this time because my other one is married. Oh my goodness! You are and an old so, man with married yeah. with a married child and one who is a junior in college, sophomore, sophomore, sophomore in college. Yeah, sophomore. Yeah, he's got a few more years because uh, he's doing that pre-med thing. So he'll be doing uh, quite a few years of schooling if he finishes that degree and goes through med school. But uh, he just hadn't been home much because he was at Remedy and went to see you guys down in Trinity Pines and some other folks. He did. It was a good summer for him. And I got to see him about seven days after he got back. Uh, before he had to move in for leadership stuff, so so that was fun. I uh, I told you at camp. I saw you at Southwest Oklahoma camp, and I said after we did our podcast there, I never knew how artistic you were. Like I knew it <laughs> because I've seen stuff you did, but then we started talking um, about the fact that you've loved to do like drawing, painting for a long, long time. And I never think of you in that way, and I don't know why that is. Um, but 
But seeing the stuff you've done this summer, both at your camp down there in South Texas and, and in Southwest Oklahoma, I was like, man, you are really artistic. And I said, we need to talk about that because I think art and faith uh, theology, it all kind of goes hand in hand in my book. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. I was impressed with some of the pictures. Oh, wow. Talk about maybe some of your favorites this summer that you did. Uh, well, we had we had a good time. I had a uh, uh, one in particular that surprised me. I think more than the rest uh, was a young lady at the Southwest Oklahoma Teen Camp. Um, they, uh, I, I asked her um, if she could draw me a person standing in the dark, but then add a light source. And as the sermon progressed, if she could add light to the to the person so that the person existed in the darkness, but as the sermon progressed, she would add more color and lighten the color, uh, especially as it protruded from the corner of the, of the light, of the canvas. And, um, and yeah, that'd be tough for me. I'm that person who has shadows coming from two directions. No, she, I, I'm telling you, it was a hard assignment. Um, but I, yeah, I was just thinking that yeah, when you were saying I understood it. her to be the kind of artist uh, who could who could handle that kind of assignment, and um, she did a young man in an uh, in kind of an anime style on a black canvas uh, with a light source from the corner that was really this kind of a chunky light source. It wasn't real smooth. It was it was a chunky light source. It looked very uh, consistent with uh, you know an anime. Uh, kind of rendering, and she um, she did this young man who was standing there, and and as it went on, he was wearing these dark clothes, and the clothes she just added layers and layers of lighter paint, and lightened up his face, and before it was all said and done, she even aimed his eyes, kind of he was facing forward, but she aimed his eyes at the light source as though he knew he was being seen. And she crooked his smile so that his mouth, as she developed it, went from just a straight line to a, a kind of a turned up at the corners with a little bit of a smile, a little bit of a smirk, as though he was pleased to be seen. And it was so complimentary to the message that, that we were talking about, um, you know, and it, it was just, uh, I was floored by how great of a job she did. All of the artists that I, that I got to do stuff because I would pick kids out of the uh, out of the camp um, with the help of, of some of the youth pastors there, uh, and and just say, hey, do we have any artists among us? And I had several young ladies who did some artwork. Uh, one youth sponsor in particular painted an image of an eye that was like it was a tapestry being woven, um, and and she she did a fabulous job. At the South Texas camp, we did. We did several collaborative art pieces, and uh, that was fun. Um, one in particular was a name tag with an invitation laid over it and a Sharpie, a big Sharpie pen, uh, marker laying there as if to say, are you going to respond to the invitation? Are you going to write your name on the, on the name tag? Um, and it turned out just really well. I just I was really pleased with it. The sharpie in particular looked very three D and like it was like you could walk up and pick it up off the canvas. And I had there were four girls who helped me paint that one. Um, there was no, there were two girls and two boys who helped me paint that one. And uh, you know we did a fountain 
that four girls from South Austin Church uh, did. And uh, we had, I mean, we, there was, I had a lot of help at the South Texas camp, boys and girls, helping to, you know, kind of render these images that reflected the messages that were being delivered by the speaker. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. I think art adds a lot to our response. I think sometimes we've said the only way to respond in worship uh, is if you play an instrument or you sing. Um, and yeah. that's just that's just not true. So I like to add well, artistic elements. I like to joke that Paula killed my art career. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I think I, I told you I was going to tell you this story. So when I was in college, I had this phase where I went through, like I was going to start painting. So I bought these canvases and stuff. And, you know, I was a broke college student, so I... I painted my mom a picture like one year for Christmas. And if my mom's listening, it was horrible. <laughs> I was, I feel so bad. Like, I'm like, I can't believe I gave her that for Christmas now as an adult. But she hung it up in the laundry room like moms do. So um, I don't know who that was, but we can get back to him if we need to. Is that Hanny again? No, that was that was my son <laughs> Judah. He was, he was calling on my... Uh, on my phone, so on the bat phone. Yeah, now he's um, now he's texting me. So, go ahead. No, but my mom was nice, and she uh, she threw that thing up in the in the laundry room. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't even really need to be in the laundry room. Um, but then <laughs> I put it I in started. The, getting, that's where you hang. Uh, yeah, the not that's yeah. that's the opposite of the refrigerator door. Is the laundry room? Yeah, is that where? Right. Okay. Yeah. So mom hung so, my painting on the dryer. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but I got a little better and I, I really am into impressionism. So I don't know if you've ever seen Monet had this, like, I think it was Monet, uh, like these cliffs that were out in the water and it kind of juts out and there's like an arch almost made of it. And it's all like, you know, this impressionistic. And so I did like my own version of that and it was really good. Like I was really proud of it. Right. And I gave it to the girl I dated before Paul. Oh, no. And she had it in her room. Oh, no. And then we were, ended up being engaged and stuff. And that's a whole other story for another okay. time. But, um, but when I broke it off with this girl, and then she began to realize that I was interested in Paula, she comes to Paula's room and just gives her this painting. And Paula is like... What? I am not keeping that. She threw it down the trash chute at SNU. Oh. They used to have those trash chutes, and she just threw it down there. She's like, oh, what the painting that he gave her. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't really hers to keep. It was really my painting that I was really proud of. But yeah. anyway, yeah. so Paula trashed my painting, and I said, you just killed my you art killed career. killed my art career. Yeah. Because I was going to be the next Monet before that happened. It just dashed all of my all hopes, hopes and dreams because my favorite painting just went in the trash. So so now that's why you preach impressionistic sermons? Is yes. That okay? <laughs> no, I always like impressionism. I think it's because like I'm a little bit like nearsighted and I need glasses, but I don't wear them. So, every- so that's really, that's how I see the world anyway. It seems, it seems just, fuzzy to you. I... I went through a period in high school where I went to the eye doctor and my wife's boss would kill me if she heard this. Um, and I didn't really want, my wife works for an eye doctor. 
I didn't, I tried to wear contacts and I tried to wear glasses and the contacts would always make my eyes itchy and watery and glasses always hurt my nose and I didn't really want to wear them and I could pretty much survive without them. But I remember wearing contacts playing basketball and I was like, that rim is way too detailed. I get, I get lost in the little rungs on it while I'm trying to shoot the basketball. I just need the blur. I need the blur up there. I need the blur. I remember my mom, when I first got glasses, I uh, had them on and I looked down the road ahead of us and I said, Mom, you can tell that trees have individual leaves from this far away? <laughs> it's just a Michael, stop. Stop it. You're making me feel terrible. But, you know, I remember I, I remember what the world looked like blurry, and uh, it's still that way for me. So impressionism, yeah. impressionism, you know, maybe that's what it was. Maybe Monet was nearsighted. And so yeah, he just... <laughs> just didn't have the glasses. I can't remember if it was my mom or Paula, but I remember the story about one of them, like, trying to get glasses. I think it was Paula. And, uh, and her mom was like, no, you don't need glasses. Like she, because her friend had just gotten glasses. She thought she just was jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. And then her mom said, "Up there at that stop sign, you need to stop." If she was like riding a bike or something, and Paula said, "What stop sign?" <gasps> and then she was like, "Oh, maybe she needs. <laughs> maybe glasses. she needs glasses." Yes. Yeah, if you're so, saying what stop sign, you you probably yeah. need to not be driving. Not not. I can't read the word stop on there, but what stop <laughs> sign? So the big red octagon in front of you you can't see it yeah that's, that's a problem so one of the things that i would like to talk about with art and faith and pastoring is I, one of the best definitions i've ever heard of of preaching is is that we are we are people who paint pictures of what god looks like to people i mean we are Ooh. artists and so like well, that, when you write a sermon you're, you're writing a piece of art because you're shaping the way that people will see the God of the text, you know. So I, sure. I, well, I just quit. Um, I just, you what? <laughs> that that made it seem really heavy. So I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm, I quit. Um, no, the <laughs> I think uh, I wasn't following you for yeah. something back. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I can accurately portray. I don't God think I, I don't you know. I don't want that job. Um, yeah. No, I think no. That's what we do sign up for to some degree. I think that's what we sign up for when we say that we exercise faith or that we have faith that we that we do believe. If you say I believe, then what you say and you believe in is a is a creative God, and you believe that people are created in the image of a creative God. I mean, if you say that you're yeah. following after yeah. Jesus, if you say that you believe that uh, that the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, who are you know the Hebrew patriarchs. Um, if you say that you believe in this God, then you're saying, I believe that I was created in his image because this is what Genesis tells us. We were created in the image of God. And if we are, then uh, we understand that that's a cre- his creative act of creating us impugns to us some measure of creativity. Um, and, and we impugns, that's a great <laughs> word. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> The uh, I think probably you know because I don't know where but, my creativity came from, so I think the right. word impugn really describes it for me. Is that it was it was like a ray of light, like a ray of hope, like a, a beam. Somehow it was gifted to me. It was placed in my soul. I grew up with it. Uh, I think every human being does. I think I think everyone is an artist. It's just about finding your medium. 
You know, what, yeah. what medium Ooh, do you work good. with? Um, you know, because some people would say, oh, I'm not an artist, you know. Well, you may not be. Yeah, a, I'm an accountant. Yeah, you may not be a visual artist, but you're an Your artist. medium is some... spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And pocket calculators. I sure hope not. I mean, I, I think, you know, I do have some friends who get really excited about spreadsheets. but uh, I, I do, too. Do you, <laughs> I have a father who does. There's really, you know, just organization. Um, so if, you're, if your medium is order, you know, then that seems really in line with the creativity of God, because that's what God did, is he took chaos and he brought it to order. And that's what makes it, you know, that's how the world makes the most sense to some people is through uh, the medium of organization. So that's, that must be my gift then with preaching is because when Paula looks at my desk, she sees chaos. And every Sunday I bring this thing, this ordered thing out of the chaos. Is that right? Of these books that are laying on the well, desk and all over the floor. She's like, how do you work like this? I'm bringing order out of chaos. Well, you know, I'm, since Maggie was there this week, I'm going to ask her, did it, did it feel... Was there order in the chaos? <laughs> That's right. We didn't mention that, but your daughter came to our church this week, yes. which was a thrill for mm-hmm. us because um, she just was really, I mean, really engaged. It's always good to have people that are engaged in worship. And, um, you know, I explained, I was having lunch with someone today and I described you as me on crack. <laughs> like, oh my God. Because, because, and Maggie said this, she said to Paula after, she said, like, they think so much alike, but their personalities are really different in the way that it comes across. Yeah. But it's like you're like the the hyped up version <laughs> of me. Like you're always energetic. When you worship, like there's a lot of woos and a lot of, you know, and I'm always kind of even keeled. And so, yeah, I described myself as or you as me on crack. Not really on crack. Uh, for our listeners, we don't do drugs. We're not, <laughs> and we don't advocate it, yeah. We don't advocate yeah. it. It's not good for you. But yeah, so, but Maggie said, I can see like how they def- definitely have similar thought processes. So uh, I don't know if that means I bring order or not, because you often say your messages are pretty chaotic and all over the place. <laughs> You told me that when I came to hear you at camp. You're like, well, it'll probably be like usual. There'll be a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. and hopefully I bring it all together. But Well, I think, yeah, um, was that true uh, at camp? Was it all over the place? Oh, I mean, not, not all over the yeah, place in a bad way, felt, but you definitely bring in a lot of different, yeah. uh, different uh, viewpoints there. So, yeah, um, yeah but I, I really like that idea that we, we are artists who try to paint pictures of God, even if, you know... They're stick figures and finger paintings, right? I mean, <laughs> they might be pretty bad. Well, sure. As, sure. as far as like what God really looks like, mm-hmm. we do our best. And God puts it on the refrigerator because he's like your mom. <laughs> <laughs> he's nice. He loves yeah. you. Yeah. There are, there are aspects of my mom that I hope God is like. Uh, or, yeah. or rather, I hope my mother is like God in, yeah, in that. Yeah, right. Um, that would be a better yeah, way Yeah, that to would probably it. be. I think she, she has to take second Since, billing to, to God. Since all being derives from God. Yes. Yeah. But, but if that's the case that. and, and we are creative, then I'm not sure why we we seem to make sacred those things that are productive, efficient, and effective. Um, yeah. When, when it's, it would seem that uh, poetry and music and visual arts and storytelling 
and these kind of things are so dear to human beings, you know, um, that, you know, we've industrialized them, we've monetized them, we've done all kinds of things uh, to them, uh, in some cases to try to further them, and in other cases to try to control them. Um, but, right. but this is, I mean, creativity is a part of everyday humanity, and we encourage it. Um, unless, of course, you're working on an assembly line. If you're working on an assembly line, you don't get to be creative. You don't don't put the left door on the right door on that car that we're building today. Um, you don't get to be creative in that regard. The creativity happens up front, and and you don't get to design. No, it you as don't. It's you, get to, down. you don't get to design it as it's coming through. I really think the engine should go back. Yeah, here. let's try this today. Um, you know, there, uh, and so what happens is then we begin to believe that some people are the creatives um, and then some of, right. some of us just aren't. Yeah. And I've had people say that to me so many times. Yeah. I'm not creative at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course you're, I mean, you are creative. Like you're, you're created by a creator. Yeah. And you're created in his image and part of the free will or the, the choice that you get is to be creative. Like, I mean, it, it's just there. It's not, it's not something that that you have to go find. It's part of the mandate of being alive. Um, so I think one of the reasons why we're not creative, uh, why we don't utilize our creativity is a better way to say that, is because we've lost uh, childlike wonder. Oh, and we, absolutely. We, we believe that we, you know, time is money, which is mm-hmm. a lie, um, that we're worth what we make. Yeah. Uh, that we, you know, how productive we are. Um, and so we don't, you know, we never sit around and just uh, look at something and just get enraptured in the moment. Like the other day I was walking to work and I was thinking about this idea of being childlike. And so I picked up a stick and just started flipping it in the air and seeing how many times I could catch it. Because I'm like, <laughs> that's what a kid would do, sure, right? Like, sure, kick a can. Like, and I yeah. became completely enamored with whether I could catch it on two or two and a half flips. Oh, know, right, yeah. Uh, versus one. Can I add a rotation? And, yeah. And of course, that doesn't seem productive. But creativity, I think, lives in those spaces where we uh, refuse like the tyranny of the urgent I don't oh know the phrase. tyranny of the urgent um, and where we're able to just like kind of turn things off for a while and it seems like the the energy just arises like when i finally let go of my sermon and let it, let all the stuff i've read kind of just sit there it's you'd be surprised how often that something comes to mind that's very creative sure uh, oh. as opposed to trying to to work something together that's painful now sometimes you just got to fight through the in the creative process but right but a lot of times i think we we're always looking for how is this productive and how does this well uh, sure keep my schedule moving forward sure my schedule my schedule my i think scripture is packed full of people who got creative you know um you know, just uh, the prophets were creative in their approach. Oh yeah, and, I mean they didn't yeah. just they didn't just say it straightforward. They used analogy. They used metaphor. They even used like visual kind of you know performance yeah. art, as it were. I mean, yeah. you remember street yeah, art? Who was it? Street was it Hosea? Who was it that asked the Lord? Can I? God said, "Cook your poop 
or cook your food over oh, your that was Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I took that class okay. this year. Ezekiel. We talked about that. And he said, Lord, can I at least over cook it? Over human dung. Yeah, can I at least cook it over cow dung? Like, does it have yeah. to be human dung? God's like, okay, well, you can do it over cow dung. But Ezekiel did some weird <laughs> he stuff, did. man. His whole life He cut was, off his beard, ripped out yes, his beard. It was And he put a third art. of it here and a third of it there and yeah. a third of it over here. Uh-huh. And that was how people were going to die. Like, some of them burned up. Some of them starved to death. I mean, it was just craziness. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was definitely artistic. And some people... Think a little bit like almost psychotic on Ezekiel's case. Sure. He did some really, you know, laid on his side for like a year or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Locked himself up. Yeah. Although I kind of like that him locking himself up in a room. I like thinking about the, the voice coming out of the silence. Like, yeah. I finally shut up for a year or whatever, you know. And, yeah. And then, uh, and then comes out with something to say, mm-hmm. um, which we see like. Later, we see the, uh, you know, monks will do that. I think that's a good point that, that we have kind of even, we've classroomed the pulpit and and we've we've settled for like facts and head knowledge. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I started my sermon by seeing how many times we could hit a beach ball in the air as a congregation. <laughs> and Did you get participation from this? Yes. Oh, good. Um, so so we were trying to get at least ten hits, and the idea was the whole point was the the message is on unity. But for that split second, everybody was unified in the goal. Yeah. Because um, nobody was worried about, like, what's for lunch. They weren't on their phones. Everybody was looking like, are we going to get it? Yeah. Are we, we going to get all, to 10? We were all engaged. Yeah. And so the the idea that, I mean, that's kind of a street performance thing. But, but the idea there is, um, yeah, to get people outside of just, okay, I'm going to tell you a bunch of facts about the scripture, um, but also interacting with the scripture. And and the response that day was much better than the normal, like when you lecture somebody response, because they had been in it. They had been part of the street theater, if you will. Sure. So, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I found that. I think Ed Young took it a little far when he put a bed on the stage for his sex talks. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> a limit to street theater. <laughs> to what people can handle. Yeah. <laughs> did Did yeah. you hear about that? Uh, no, Ed Young. I didn't yeah. hear about Ed Young doing so, that, but now I have. Anyway. So you know, which yeah. part of me is like, well, no, I think you're a little more conservative in this than I am in terms of what art can do. But I think art can be the most prophetic thing available to us. I think uh, you know, uh, if you're gonna, if the prophet is supposed to speak truth to power, um, I was in Brazil. And all over, uh, like graffitied on the sides of of walls in huge murals, like huge murals. Like there's no way they completed them in one night. It was, uh, it had to be commissioned art, um, right? But it was done in graffiti kind of style, and it would be like fat cat cartoons, so that the fat cat politician was getting his comeuppance. Or oh, wow. and, the, and the little guy, you know, it was revealing the 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 divide between the rich and the poor it was revealing uh the 
the cohorts and the in cahoots uh, between politicians and big business, and it was revealing uh, the the oppression that was taking place over the little man. I mean, the little man yeah. was a little bitty skinny cat, and the the politician was the government was a great big fat cat, and uh, and then there were the the business sector was uh, was dogs and other animals and uh, it was just i remember thinking wow like they have really taken political cartooning to a whole new level a whole new level. um on the sides of buildings and things and it was just uh you know it's i mean right or wrong like i don't care if you agree with it or disagree with it that elicits response it, it yeah. elicits an emotional response and hopefully it elicits a social response um, and so the prophet, you know, can employ that. The, uh, you know, the evangelist, uh, I think the evangelist has to get creative. You know, I remember Paul walks up uh, to Mars Hill and says, uh, hey, listen, I saw that you have this uh, marker that uh, signified the tomb of the unknown God or the, the shrine to the right. unknown God. And uh, let me tell you, not the tomb of the unknown God, the sh- it was a shrine to the unknown God. Um, yeah. But... Um, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I kind of mixed two things there. Sorry about that. But yeah, it's okay. um, Just uh, you know, and said, "Let me tell you about this God." Now that's that's a way to bring the conversation into a relevant space within the context of of where you're speaking. You know, and so there he was, the evangelist, utilizing a creative way to to go about things. I think if there if we're all apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Um, you know, I go into elementary classrooms all the time as a pastor meeting in an elementary school. One of our things is to bless the elementary students. And our congregation loves to, uh, you know, find the places that are under-resourced and, and try to resource them a little bit. We're, we're not a huge congregation, but we can do some, some creative things and some, some fun things uh, that, uh, that maybe somebody else that might fall off of, of society's radar a little bit. And one of them for us is uh, that the Mr. V, the art teacher at the school we meet in, uh, we want to make sure that he has every uh, art supply that he wants. And so this year I wrote him, you know, uh, an email. We've had some phone calls, some face-to-face conversations, but I wrote him this email and said, hey, what do you need? And he said, I want to do sculptures. I want the kids to get a chance to sculpt this year. And uh, so we're going to go buy all the plaster of Paris and all the supplies that cool. he needs for that. We've, yeah. we've, you know, there's some other art supplies that we're going to, you know, give in there. Uh, and, you know, but I also sit in that cafeteria and I know not every kid is excited about art. Some of them are excited about music and some of them are excited about sports. So we're going to try to resource our, our right. music teacher and we're going to try to resource our PE teacher, uh, and we're going to try, you know, uh, some are excited about math and science. So we bought plants for our science teacher's classroom so that they could say, this is the, these are the stages of, of you know, uh, whatever, a plant's life, uh, a life cycle of a plant. And this is, you know, and we, you know, I think the church needs to find creative ways to remind the world that all of this beauty and all of this creativity is coming from a source, and that source is God, and He's created us in His image, and we need to be celebrating that in every aspect of life. And so, yeah, I get excited about art. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I like, I like art. I'm just not very good at it. I'm the kid who uh, apparently draws things that go into the laundry room. <laughs> the, la- um, <laughs> the laundry room. But another way I like to think about. 
I, I, I like icons. I don't know if you've ever looked at an icon for very long. Or, yeah. Um, I, you know, some people push back on icons because they're like, you're worshiping an image. and But really, you know, it's just like anything else. It's a pointer towards sure. the divine or whatever. And they're, they're painted in a certain kind of way to kind of uh, elicit a response. But one of the one of the papers that I did for class I really liked was the idea of the church as an icon. So so when when you really when you look at an icon, there's this idea that um, first of all, uh, icons are drawn in such a way as to kind of draw you in, so that you almost participate, not just observe. And, and the way like the faces have been drawn and everything, it's it's to to, to elicit participation with, with the picture. Um, and so the idea of the church as an icon is that the church is, is first of all, a picture of what God's kingdom looks like in the world. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a huge thing, like we were talking about as preachers, you know, p- painting pictures of God. But to think about the way we live with one another in the church shows the world what the love of God, what the kingdom of God looks like. It's supposed to. And so it's a huge responsibility because um, if we don't resemble what God would look like very well, um, then then we're showing people a different picture of God. But it also right. encourages their participation and and draws them in to hopefully be a part of of what's going on in the kingdom of God. Um, and then um, you know they they always elicit some kind of response, and there's there's almost a sense of like. Um, that God, God meets with us in these these kind of images, and sure. I like to think of the church as an icon. The church is like this picture of when the church gets it right. This is what the kingdom of God kind of looks like. And we had one of those moments uh, a couple of weeks ago when we received communion, and it was that same beach ball sermon. But but the idea was that somebody would go grab one of the rolls, the King's Hawaiian, as we talk about here often. <laughs> And go find somebody they didn't know yeah. and uh, and share communion. And it was like, sometimes, you know, your congregation is like, yeah, I'm an introvert. I'm not doing that. You know, yes. <laughs> it's like yes. there's a lot of those kind of moments yeah. where it's like, and I told them, you don't have to do it. Like, you can just take your bread as normal and dip it and no one's going to get upset. But but this day, everybody kind of just locked in and it was so beautiful to see race like lines crossed to see like generational lines crossed, to see people who had never met one another, even though they've been coming to the same church, like they don't really, they don't see each other much. Um, like to to see them go and reach out to someone new. Um, man, I just like, it was a picture of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And in that moment, in that moment, the church for all, all of her, you know, um, things, all of her stuff and junk, um, the church looked like Jesus would look. I mean, it was, it yeah. was, I like started weeping. Well, I, yeah, while you were talking, like, this is a picture. Yeah, while you were talking, I was thinking, how cool would it be to take a, uh, a dog's playing poker on velvet and transform it into, uh, into something more, right? So, like, yeah, um, because I think sometimes that's what we think. Oh, we're just a bunch of dogs playing poker. Um, and that's our, we don't play poker at my church. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, you don't play that. Um, I, I, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I actually taught CB Glidden's 
kids how to play poker. Did you really? I don't know if that was a good oh, strategy man. as yeah. a youth pastor. Well, you didn't. I mean, they're great kids, so you didn't ruin them. I did. All uh, you right. did. You did okay. Um, I don't think you that had as much sway as you might have hoped it would. Um, no, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. They, uh, you know, one time I speaking of CB's kids, I was at Six Flags for Nas Night uh, with SNU, which has officially been canceled. Um, thanks a lot, Doctor Newman, for that. No, um, dude, it's been canceled due to lack of hustle. Lack of hustle, <laughs> but um, no, we. Uh, you know, Maggie said, I, "Well, that's the only reason I came to SNU was because of Naz Night, and now now I'm stuck here, and we don't even get to have it." Uh, she was just teasing, obviously. She loves the school, and she's happy to be there. But I was with them at Naz Night, and we were on this brand new ride that had just come out that year. I think it's called the Jest the the Jester. Something like that. It's one of the villains from, uh, no, the Riddler. I'm sorry. Joker, the jo- Riddler. The Riddler. There you I, go. Yeah, I was somewhere between yeah. the Riddler and the Joker, the Jester. There's a I yeah. hardly know her joke, no matter yeah. which one of those. Yeah, ones. no matter which one you say. But I uh, I was riding that, and all of his kids were on it at the same time. And I said, man, this is a new ride. This is a big risk for all of y'all to be on this ride at the same time. Shouldn't there be a, <laughs> a designated survivor? But um, the... <laughs> Anyway, we uh, wow. good good kids. All that just to say that that was ridiculous. But anyway, okay, back to the dogs playing. So poker anyway, you know, dogs playing more. poker is uh, it's kind of you know we think of it as yeah, it's art, it's humorous, it's it's silly, it's you know we even kind of think of it as a lower class of art. But uh, in my mind, I was thinking you know whatever whatever piece of artwork you think your life is, um, I, I love Bob Ross. Because Bob Ross is this guy who's like, you can put a little happy tree, happy in there. tree, happy little accidents. You know, he just he seemed to really understand. I think people appreciate. I've heard me. that. I've heard that one of the Glidden kids was called a happy little accident. Oh no! <laughs> why are you? Chapel. Why are you? <laughs> because he said it. CB said in that. Chapel. Oh my goodness! We're just ragging on CB today and his kid. I'm sorry. No, I love CB. Um, love him to death. Uh, but my two boys were with his youngest at lead retreat and oh, I yeah. put up a picture and I said it's really cool when staff kids end up in the leadership of the school you went to your alma mater. Oh, so, it's so it's awesome. Anyway, the, I don't know if that I may be I may be putting words in CB's mouth, <laughs> but it was something like that. So anyway, I think that Bob Ross does this wonderful thing where he says to everybody, we can all do this. Like we can, I think that's why he's so well loved. Like for a generation, he was he was missing. Like he was there, and then yeah. he went away, and then these kids then came back. It's like some parent, uh, you know. Me and Shelly, we showed it to our kids. We were like, "You got to look this up on YouTube. You got to know who this guy is." Um, I, I had a Happy Little Trees shirt that I've had for years and years back before it was cool. Yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't know that it was cool. I just really liked Bob Ross. I was I was sincere. Um, and I think there, there's kind of this making fun, but there's also this kind of really this reverence for the the message that he brings that uh, don't get so uptight about the whole thing. It's your canvas. Yeah. You've got the brush in your hand. You've got, um, you know, you've got the ability to do this. And, you know, if you mess up, I mean, the worst thing you can do is mess up. And it's not that right. big a deal. Like I mean, yeah. what do you? Who's gonna? Nobody's gonna come out of the woodwork and clobber you for messing up. It's your canvas. It's your paint. Right. You. It's your idea. It's your vision. It's your opportunity. And um, and even if nobody else likes it, if you like it, 
It's all good. Yeah, and I think that art gives us that freedom to do that and be that creative. And and I'm not saying that, that you know that life should be willy nilly. Uh, necessarily, but there should be a little bit more freedom in the creativity that we exercise. And I think uh, that, you know, um, a lot of us think of our lives as dogs playing poker or some low-class piece of art. Um, And I think our Heavenly Father sees the potential of every canvas. I think He sees, like, there's, I could, we can do whatever we want with this thing. We can mix the most incredible colors. If you just Join me in this. And I don't think God wants us to be the paintbrush. I don't think he wants us to be the canvas. I don't think he wants us to be the paint. I think he wants to, us to be the apprentice. I think he wants to hand us the paintbrush and say, go for it. Do something amazing with this yeah. life that I've given you. Yeah, and, and for each of us to figure out then what is that thing that just, I mean, makes us get up in the morning. Like, why do you want to, why do you want to do this thing? Or what is it that really gives you life and, and gives, makes you feel alive? And so, um, yeah. And for some of us, it will be literal art, like you draw and paint, or for others of us, it'll be uh, some kind of vocation or job that, that we really just sure. get geared up about. Right now, I'm losing my, uh, worship leader. He's, he's leaving me, uh, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, Tyler is moving to Nashville, and he's moving there um, because he wants to be a songwriter. And he's got some right. friends who live there, and he's going to go, and they're going to write songs. And, um, you know, there's a, p- a good place to do there's it. A, there's this part of me that, you know, uh, that would say, man, get a job, you know? <laughs> and then there's this other part of me that says, uh, you know, because because that uh, that part of me that says get a job says you're going to fail. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck. It's going to tank. There's no way. There's a million people trying to do what you're going to be trying to do, and none of them are going to succeed. One in a million is going to get out there, you know, and, and then to shoot holes in it. But there's this bigger part of me uh, that says, uh, no, I'm proud of you. That's a dream. Right. That's an yeah. that's an artistic vision. That's a creative thing that God has put in you. You're good at it. Go for it. Go right. for it. Get yeah. out there. You know, because I mean, he's going to have to get a job to to eat in the meantime. But go for it. Why not? Um, and so, I, you know, it'll be it'll be hard to lose him uh, to our congregation. But in the end, yeah. in the end, I see all of these people in this church saying. Yes, you're creative in this way. We bless you in Jesus' name. Do the art that God has put inside you to do. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to wrap up today. Do the art that God's put inside you to do. Whatever that is. Amen. All right. Well, it's good to talk to you, and I hope to see you this weekend at NSI a little bit, and for sure, hope to talk to you again next week, brother. Absolutely. Love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.